I'm Holly. I'm a business strategist who loves a good plan and flowchart and is crazy passionate about teaching women like you how to build your dream job and scale to six figures and beyond without sacrificing your weekends and priorities. I believe strongly to my core that you can create a routine you love with the right strategy, product suite, aka what you are actually selling, and simple systems to create a lifestyle that works and a business that scales without burnout. Because here's the thing, it's not just about managing your time. It's about embracing that time freedom and really working on unlocking that freedom together so that you can do more of what you love. After 22 years in corporate strategy, working for Fortune 500 companies, I ditched the office to build a now seven-figure business with my husband full-time. And P.S., we did it in less than two years during the pandemic with twins. Oh my goodness. My goal here is to provide you with unfiltered insights into behind the scenes of entrepreneurship. What works, what doesn't practical tips you can implement right now, as in right after listening. I want you to consider this podcast, your online business MBA, delivered directly to your inbox, intertwined with the realities of being a working mom, exploring life, and the invaluable lessons learned along the way. Think of the Crush the Rush podcast as your weekly one-stop shop for actionable business planning, guiding you on the next steps and explaining the why, the really important things behind each move. We'll keep you motivated and uplifted as you learn from some of the industry's best experts. So grab your sparkly beverage, I'm sipping on a chai tea, and get ready to learn to do less better. Let's scale your dream business and finally have the freedom to focus more on what you love. This is the Crush the Rush podcast. I am super excited to announce that the next cohort of the Collective Mastermind is officially kicking off. And the best part is, is we gave it a makeover. So the new nine-month mastermind is nothing like you have ever experienced before. Because as we say, a life priorities-focused business is the fastest way to multi-six figures. And I'm going to teach you exactly how. So if you aren't familiar with our mastermind, we combine strategy and mindset and then layer on our sought-after community and toolkit. But let's just get real for a second. So in today's business and economy, you have to continue to grow and pivot or you're going to be left behind, period. What makes this different? I have only run my business in a pandemic, a recession, or whatever you want to call our current state. We now have a full team and I have retired myself and my husband in less than three years. And in the last 15 months, we have crossed the half a million mark in revenue. And I did most of this while working full time. I'm not saying this just to throw out numbers. I am saying this to show you that it is possible. This mastermind is not cookie cutter. It is not one size fits all. I actually adapt to you and your goals and provide you with the structure and accountability to scale. And my ultimate goal, again, let's just be real, is for you to make your investment back and more. Unlike other masterminds, if you happen to have mastermind trauma, you actually get access to me directly. As in, I am right here building it with you. You get the power of the group, but the benefit of the one-on-one. So this is a perfect fit for you if you have started a business and are ready to scale to multi-six-figure and seven figures. You are ready to buy back your time and energy. You want to expand your team in a way that makes sense for you and saves time. You are ready to have consistent 10K, 20K, 30K months and beyond. And you are really ready to step into that true CEO role. It is time to pivot. It is time to be a part of a community to support you with the expansion, alignment, and profit that you want to make in your business. So I'm going to make this super, super, super easy because my goal is to help you do less better and make more money. Who doesn't want that? Just DM me mastermind and I'll share you the next steps and how to apply. You can also grab the link in the show notes or go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash crush the rush collective. And yes, in case you were curious, all of our famous retreats are included and they also got a makeover too. So just DM me mastermind and I will share the next steps with you or you can go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash crush the rush collective. 
On this episode of the Crush the Rush podcast, I am so excited to finally bring Elizabeth Hartke on to the show because if you've been following along, Elizabeth was and has been my business coach over the past couple of years, but she just recently launched her new luminary leadership company and she is coming on to talk about how to prioritize your family while building a business, which if you're like me, a lot of times you probably feel so spread thin, like how in the world are you going to manage multiple kids, you know, creating a schedule that gives you freedom and actually working in those goals that you're working so hard to reach. So Elizabeth is an international business and leadership strategist and founder of the Luminary Leadership Company and podcast. And she works to elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders so they can do work that matters. And through her masterminds and mentorship and signature programs, Elizabeth has shown thousands of entrepreneurs including myself, how to shift from just building a business to creating a legacy. She brings with her 10 years of leadership experience and has built two growing and successful businesses. Her experience and expertise has been featured in media outlets such as Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Fast Company, and she has spoken on stages all throughout the world. Elizabeth and her husband live on their hobby farm with their three children, which you're going to hear all about and how they balance and prioritize family while also scaling a business. Hi, Liz. Welcome, finally, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you as a guest. I'm so excited to be on, Holly. This is like, I don't know, I feel like a full circle moment. I was just going to say, I feel like it's a full circle moment. If you guys have listened to the podcast in the past, you know that Elizabeth has been a huge mentor um, in my business, and she's was one of the reasons that this podcast got started. And so it's such an honor to have you here now to sort of share what you've been working on and some of the tools I think that you've even taught me um, and some of my clients. So for those of you that don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, sure. So I am a mom of three little ones. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and as of this past weekend, a two-year-old at the time of this recording and, or a three-year-old, sorry, she just turned three. And (laughs) so we're, we're in the thick of the crazy stage with the kiddos. Um, and we, you know, like four years ago, maybe moved out to a farm in Wisconsin because we're really craving just a slower pace of life and we're exploring homeschooling. So there's so many new things in our world, but a constant that's been in my life since the very beginning is entrepreneurship and and business. Uh, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. Both my parents run their own businesses. My dad just retired in his 70s and my mom is still going strong. And my grandparents were small business owners, aunts and uncles. So it was something that as a kid, of course, you kind of take for granted. But now in retrospect, looking back, it really shaped me and shaped who I became over time because it was such a part of our lives. It wasn't like this separate thing that mom and dad went off and did. It was something we were entrenched in as kids and the the blessing in it was the flexibility. So my mom was present for everything, right? She was the one bringing popsicles into our class when it was too hot out. We weren't like the bougie kids nowadays that actually have like air conditioning in their classrooms. We were sweating to death. Or uh, she was, you know, at the field bringing uh, orange slices for the kids or they're cooking dinner, taxing us around. And my dad was present and it was just such a gift. But it was also... uh, I don't know. It was flexibility, not freedom, something that I think people often mistake. So I have memories of being a little girl and getting up and going to use the bathroom or going to get a glass of water at midnight or 1 a.m. and seeing the dining room light on and dimmed so it wouldn't bother anybody. And my mom sitting there catching up on the work that she had missed to in order to be present with her family. So for her, she was kind of superhuman in that she could run on very little sleep and And she looked at it as uh, a blessing, not a sacrifice. But most people have to pay those dues and it really disrupts their lives to not have true freedom uh, because of the business model they have or whatever it might be. So I knew years later, kind of thinking back to that, that I wanted to build something of my own. 
I started my own business about 10 years ago, but I wanted it to be something that did allow for both. I wanted both and I wanted the freedom and the possibility to be present for anything, but I didn't want to pay for it at 1 a.m., you know? So it took a long time to build it to that, but that's really what I've dedicated my life to. And the Luminary Leadership Company, which is the company I, I founded, is geared towards supporting entrepreneurial parents and helping them grow and scale their business to a place where they do have that freedom, but at the same time, supporting them with the tools and the resources to raise leaders and entrepreneurial minded kids of their own. So we kind of support the family. That's really our mission. And our foundation is everything around uh, a strong, cohesive, healthy entrepreneurial family. Yeah. I feel like there's so many things to unpack in that introduction, but I will say, you know, the one thing that attracted me to you when we started working together was that you did put family and personal priorities first. And that is with like a seven plus figure business. And you're like, Hey, you need to do this first. And it feels like awkward and it's not what people are sharing. And it's very different. Um, I think than what you hear in a lot of other, um, you know, from a lot of other coaches or, or just um, advice that you might read in, in some leadership book. So I'm curious, how do you sort of embody both um, putting your priorities first and building a successful business? It's kind of a loaded question, but yeah, no kidding. I, well, I didn't always do this right. And I feel like that's what helped me to learn so much about how I wanted to do it. In the beginning, I didn't know to how to strike that balance. And I think that was part of the problem was I was seeking some kind of balance and I compartmentalized my life too. I was, okay, I'm going to have boundaries and I'm going to have business hours. And then when I check out of business, I'm going to be present with the kids and I'm just going to keep these clean lines between these two worlds. And the result was me always feeling like I was split between two worlds. That's a tall order when you're asking yourself to be the leader in two totally separate worlds. <laughs> so I think the first piece was kind of going back to my roots and remembering how much I was a part of the process with my family, even though I wasn't, you know, I was a little kid, but I remember being at my parents' office. They worked outside of the house. They had, um, you know, they had an office about five minutes down the road. And I remember going there and that's where I did my homework. But while my mom was maybe leading a conference call, she was having me file stuff for her or, you know, lick and close envelopes or put stamps on stuff. And I, I felt like I was a part of the process for as long as I can remember. Um, so my mom, although she dedicated so much of her life to business and to her family, it wasn't this compartmentalized. She had to be two different people at the same time. She was just her and she was the same leader in our home as she was in the four walls of her office with her clients and making the same impact and living by the same values. So for Michael and I, my husband, uh, we really had to figure it out. It was kind of trial by fire. So in the beginning, it was seeing how it didn't feel good. Like we, I felt that pressure when I was with the kids. I felt guilty that I wasn't or not even guilty, but I felt stressed that I wasn't showing up in the business. And when I was in the business, I felt guilt that I wasn't there with my family. So we didn't realize it at the time, but we started to develop kind of this process for ourselves. And it was many Sunday nights where we would sit down after the kids went to bed and be like, okay, this is not clicking. How can we figure this out. I felt like I was saying yes to so many business opportunities. And we were kind of in that stage of the game where it was really smart to, to be putting ourselves out there and growing. And then I also felt like I was biting off more than I could chew even in my own home. So we started with our values as a family, because when you're operating without a set of standards, it's really easy to say yes to the wrong things and no to the right things and to feel that split in two and spread too thin. And it's a cycle that perpetuates. It's not something that time will just make better. It can be like that literally for decades. I know plenty of people that I work with now who are multiple decades into business who are incredibly successful, but still have those same feelings or lack that fulfillment. So when we started to do the value process, we realized that we were kind of doing it in a shallow way where it was like faith and family and mm -hmm. health. And it was like, what does this stuff even mean? How do we know what this would look like to live by this value within our family? Or what would it look like 
to not be living in integrity with the values that we have. So we started to really define it. And then we brought our kids into the conversation because we're like, well, this isn't just a dictatorship. We don't want to just be telling them what to do because mom and dad said so, although it's tempting a lot of the time. We started to weave them into the conversation so that they could have a clear picture of what our North Star as a family was and what guided us in the decisions we made or the interactions we had with people or how we wanted to show up day to day. And then I had this aha moment of, oh my gosh, I have a set of values in, in my home and I have a different set of values in my business that is totally out of integrity. I am who I am and I believe what I believe and I stand for what I stand for. How can I be operating out of by two different sets of values? So then it was developing this as an entrepreneur and a parent and saying, okay, this is not just for my family. This is for the family that we're creating within our business and really bringing the team into the conversation and developing those values and giving them um, some definition. But it had to go deeper than values alone. So we started mapping out what our priorities were and the vision that we had as a family. And it was really easy once we had this all kind of laid out, which we started to call our true north, uh, we started to be able to make decisions and to parent our kids and to uh, grow our business all in alignment with our true north. And it became, we went from feeling I have no clarity. I don't know what I should be doing next. What should I be saying yes to? Uh, what is the right thing? You know, it's our first go around being parents. Like, what is the right thing for our kids that we could go back to this? For us at the time, it was a bunch of loose leaf paper just kind of like stapled together that is now an actual workbook that we use with our clients to have a guiding light that made it incredibly easy to discern what is for us, what is not, uh, what's in alignment, what's not, how do we get, and the how do we get there? Because it's easy to set a goal or a vision and then sacrifice everything that matters in pursuit of it. You might make a goal, set a goal or, or have a vision and be like, oh, this is what our family wants. But maybe the timeline you created in is going to suffocate your marriage or it's going to be terrible for your children or it's going to be horrible for your health. I've experienced actual physical burnout through adrenal fatigue and it's miserable. So it's not just about what we want and the decisions we make. It's the how, how we get there, what is right for us and putting those blinders on and stop looking at how everybody else is doing it because it's all a bunch of BS anyway. We're getting the facade. We're not getting the under the hood, behind the scenes, in the in the house, around the dining room table, reality of how people are actually getting there. We're getting that after it's already done, here's the pretty filtered picture. So no more comparison. We're going to do it the way that we're called to do it. And it has changed our lives. But the cool part is, is it's kind of proven. We've started using it with other people at multiple different points in their lives and their business. And it's provided that level of clarity for them too. Yeah. I think The key thing here, and I think something that I've learned from this exercise as well, is merging business and personal values and goals together, which on paper, it doesn't seem like it would make sense. But I know in our family, when we started doing that, and I started including my husband in some of the decisions and started opening up more about, hey, here's why I want to do this. And it it wasn't about like the next paycheck. It was about like, well, you know, we want more time to do X, Y, Z is when we started to see changes as well, which I think you guys have seen as you've listened to the podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're like, this sounds amazing, but like, how does that really work? Like if my goal in my personal life is more, um, freedom. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people say that, like, how do you break that down into like an actual, like tangible step or, or something that you can take action on? Mm, Yeah. So when you have that kind of set of values and the priorities and how you want things to roll out and it honors all areas of you, right? Not just the business over here, here are my business goals. And then here are my personal goals. Uh, Then you can start to map out the how and you can see whether or not it's going to align. For example, there was a time when my son was pretty young that I started getting booked for more in-person speaking opportunities and I loved it. I came alive. So it was super easy for me to be like, oh my gosh, in 2016, I'm doing the circuit and I'm putting my name out there and I'm going to take on as many as as I can because I come alive. This is mommy's dream. I love it. It pays us really well. But then when I were to, when I 
brought it back to my family and I brought it back to the, that set of core values. I was like, okay, so I'm going to be leaving my family constantly and I'm going to be, you know, traveling and it's, and I was in a stage where I was really working on my health. So I'm going to be eating on the road and in hotel, like it was totally out of integrity with who I said I wanted to be. Um, so it was easy for me to say, okay, maybe it's not get as many speaking gigs as I can, but it's be really strategic about which ones I take and how many a year so that I can still nurture that piece of me that's developing that feels right, but it's also in alignment with my goals. For me, and I know this is true for you too, Holly, but having people in my corner, whether it be a mentor or uh, peers or people, you know, I'm surrounded by to be able to help me figure out the next steps because you can't see the label from inside the bottle. So sometimes I would come up with a goal and then I would make the assumption of the best way to get to it, but I couldn't see some of my own gaps or some of the, um, you know, the pitfalls I might come to in the process of getting there, but someone else could see it really easily. And it, and I had people that were holding me accountable to who I said I wanted to be. So they wouldn't let me choose a path and a step that was going to take me off the path to what I really want, which is less about what I do and more about who I am. So I think a lot of the times we set goals of what do I want to do, but I mean, we see it all the time, everything from New Year's resolutions to goals, over 90% of those don't come to fruition because we set the goal, right? And we say, okay, I'm going to achieve X, but we don't look at who we need to be in order to achieve that thing. So we spend more time in the do, what's the next step I have to take? How do I actually start taking those steps to get this thing to come to life? And we don't pay attention to the fact that if we, if we had already become the person we needed to be to get to that goal, we would have already achieved it. So there's probably some work in us that we need to do in order to get there. So for me, it's also that balance between the do goals and the who goals, like what do I need to do? Yes, that's important. If you're not taking action, it's not going to happen. But it feels even worse when you don't get there because you haven't yet developed yourself into who you need to be and you're not doing it in integrity with who you say you want to be. Yeah, that's so good. I know we were talking a little bit about that before we started recording and that was really um, talking about my recent sort of schedule changes and talking about like, you don't have to fill your time with like all the busyness instead, think about who you want to become and make sure that you have those tools ready for you so that you can grow into it. Um, so I want to pivot just a little bit, cause I have had the chance to meet your kids and see the farm. And I just love how you guys embody the entrepreneurial spirit just in your family. Like, I think when you walk into your house, like you're just like, it's just a very like just cool experience and it's just very freeing to sort of see how you guys parent and how it's just a very open environment for creativity and um, ideas. So I would love if you could like peel back the covers a little bit and share how you've sort of embodied that um, in your household for those that are listening with young kids or kids who are just, you know, watching their parents as they sort of build and grow a business. Yeah, it's such a good question, Holly, because to be totally honest, it wasn't intentional. It's just what I knew. Like, that's how I grew up, too. So, so much of the way that we live was what was just a way of life for me that I never even dissected or said, like, this is how you breathe that entrepreneurial spirit. And I think the first thing to note is that entrepreneurial spirit is not the same thing as becoming an entrepreneur. I think sometimes people hear that and they're like, well, my kid might not want to be an entrepreneur. That's fine, but you should probably want them to develop the entrepreneurial spirit, mm -hmm. the heart for curiosity and inspiration and possibility, the, um, the drive and the focus to, to lean into where they're being called. Just there's so many good things that come from that spirit that don't necessarily mean that it's, they're going down one singular path in business. So for us in, because I've been asked this question before, now I've kind of looked back and been like, man, what do we do? Well, the, the biggest thing is we do bring our kids into the fray. I think the habit sometimes is the kids only here, and this is not on purpose, but we go work our business behind closed doors in our office or whatever. 
And we intentionally try to shelter our kids from it. But they hear the conversation around the dinner table or in the kitchen of the end of the day, parents venting about the stressors that come with being a business owner, right? Like, oh, I'm so exhausted or this client canceled and now we owe this much money or we have this lawsuit or whatever comes with running a business. So naturally, our kids are just on the periphery, absorbing these conversations and developing their own perception of what it means to run a business, which can often be a negative one because they don't get to see all the glory. They're not in the experience of the good stuff. They're just kind of hearing the venting between mom and dad. So for us, it's been really being conscious of the conversations we have around the dinner table, not trying to deceive them into thinking it's always easy, but also not allowing them to only ever hear the tough stuff and to bring them into the the energy and the excitement that comes with entrepreneurship and the conversations that help their minds depending on their age right my kids are little so it comes with explanation but when they when we encounter a hard thing in the business i don't want to just let them hear me complain about that hard thing i want them to see how i choose to face that hard thing so i might bring them into my office and say okay this just went on and i'm it was really stressful for mom because we just ordered all this product and it came back wrong. And now that means we spent a lot of money and a lot of time, but these are the cards we're dealt. How are we going to, how are we going to face this challenge? What are some ideas? And I love to hear their ideas around solving problems. Cause it's usually like stuff we could never do. My son's right. like, well, I'll rebuild them out of Legos <laughs> and then we'll send them the Lego version of that. It's like, great idea. Uh, but it gets their minds really cultivating and being creative and thinking of solutions. So much of entrepreneurship is being a problem solver, is facing challenges. It's people get into it thinking it's going to be this light, airy, fun, awesome, glamorous thing. It's like, don't become an entrepreneur if you want that, because you're going to be sorely disappointed when you realize how much of it is challenging and and really targets your insecurities and your weaknesses and forces you into situations you're not comfortable with. So they're a part of the problem solving process to some degree. I mean, we don't, they're six, four, and three, they're not going right. <laughs> to take on massive projects. And then for things like scaling up at the farm, when you guys came out, I loved that you brought your family because that didn't always happen that way. Um, but we have little kids and you have young girls and to have the whole family come together, they get to see mom and dad welcoming people into our home. To us, that program is so precious and mm -hmm. so, so niche because we keep it that way because we we're literally breaking bread with people. We're, they're, we're bringing them into our home. They see the chaos. They see everything that comes with being people who have chosen to raise a family well and build a business at the same time in the same space. Um, so it's super intimate, but it also gives our kids really a, an understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it. We're not just working to make money for our family. Our goal is so much deeper than that and really supporting other people's families and other parents who are trying to um, really build a life of possibility for their family and to make generational change and to create create opportunities within the family. So they start to understand the mission. So when when I do have to go behind closed doors and have that conference call, they understand what it's for. It's not just me disappearing for the sake of business hours and I'll be back later and then we'll have totally separate time. They don't always like it, but they start to really understand it. Kids are not dumb. Even my now newly three-year-olds, when we treat them like they're little morons and they can't process it, it's so unfair to them because they do understand. So when you can speak to the spirit of what you're doing and, and show how you're living and honoring the values that you have as a family, even within that business, they can get that. So for us, the entrepreneurial spirit is so critical because it is not being brought to our children through the schools or through society. In fact, it's super counterculture right now to be a critical thinker, to be a creative spirit, to think outside the box, to break the mold, to break the rules is not kosher. So we are directly telling our kids, 
you have an opportunity to make an impact in this one life that you have, but it's not going to be, it's not coming by the flow of the river. No one's coming to teach you this stuff. You have to choose to develop it yourself. So we're allowing them to be put in situations to really foster that creativity. Uh, One big thing that has served us, we made the decision when we moved here. Uh, I was pregnant with our third and I, my son was three and my daughter was one. And at our previous house in the city, we had, we had a TV and I think we had cable then. Um, but we made a choice that the way our house is designed, I know you saw it, Holly, but for the listeners is pretty much life happens on the first floor. Like uh, our, it's very much a farmhouse. So it's a big, great space uh, for the living room that kind of bleeds into a dining area and a kitchen and, and all of life happens in that area. Um, and downstairs is more like there's a den and, and some bedrooms. But we chose to not have any devices on that first floor where we live because we wanted our kids to have opportunities for a little bit of boredom so that they can go foster and develop what is in their mind and in their heart. We wanted to move to a property that had the space to be able to send the kids outside and be able to watch them from the window and let them figure it out and explore without risk of them getting hit by a car like it was at our old house. Um, so that all that kind of stuff fosters the entrepreneurial spirit. I talk about it all the time on my podcast. We have an episode each week dedicated to raising luminaries. And this concept is around exactly what you're talking about. To us, raising luminaries means raising little leaders, raising um, entrepreneurial-minded and spirited children kids that are going to go on to change their little piece of the world because they're actually in touch with who they're called to be. They're not distracted by what they see on TV or what's popping up on a device or what other kids are doing. So uh, almost everything we're doing these days feels a little counterculture, but it, it works for us. And it and we're seeing the, the fruit of it in our children. Yeah. So inspiring. And I, you know, I think you describe a sort of very magical and calming experience, which I think is what we experienced when we visited as well. But I want to flip the question and ask, how do you set some boundaries? So as an example, Scott, my husband was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and I was telling the story of we're, you know, getting ready to launch our next planner. And I'm like teaching him all the metrics behind the scenes. And he's got this like ding on his phone that sounds like a cash register every time a planner sells. And I was like, you have to turn that off. That is going to drive me freaking nuts. And it was going off at like two in the morning. And I was like, one, like making it sound like a cash register is not the intention of creating this planner. Two, it cannot go off at two in the morning. Like this is, we need boundaries here. So I'm curious, like, how do you create some boundaries where it's just not all sort of work all the time? Totally. So yeah, I don't want to give the illusion that our kids are like by our hip with everything we do. There are plenty of really demanding things within the walls of our business that require us to just be adults and be separate from our kids. So we do have help during the week to support us in that because our kids are home, they're not going to school, they're homeschooled. So, and, and for those that don't know, like when your kids are as young as mine, a seven hour day that would have to take place in school gets condensed down to about an hour. So there's a lot of time where our kids, you know, are kind of free, but we are not because we're working. So we have help and we do separate ourselves to go work. And we have spaces that allow us to do that so that I'm not sitting at the dining room table trying to work as my kids are running around and I'm telling them to be quiet because that's their home too. And they should be able to just have fun. But the other key piece is I am so human and all of our technologies are literally designed to addict us. Like from a literal addiction standpoint, it releases a chemical in the brain the same way if you took a hit of a drug that was super addictive. We know this for a fact because a couple of years ago, I found that my husband, who's not really on social media and not really a phone guy, was looking at his phone constantly, like constantly. And it was this new thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is driving me nuts. Like every time I walk in a room, I'm seeing the back of your phone. And it was, it was news apps, sports center, like all these stupid apps. But he's like, I can't stop it. It's like so habitual. I don't even think about it. If there's a second of downtime, I'm filling it with this phone. So we decided, all right, you're going cold turkey. Cause I don't want our kids to grow up thinking that this device is more important to them. And that's 
all they hear or see when they walk into a room and you're texting or on your phone and you're not responding to them because you're distracted. They don't think, oh, mom and dad are just finishing what they're doing and sending that important email. They think that is more important than me. So I'm like, this is not happening. Phone's going away. So he's like, all right, cool. Take it. He literally got ill. He went through physical withdrawals for about three days. He never gets headaches. He had black bags under his eyes. He had a headache every day. He felt like he was almost hungover from not having the device. And it took a few days. And we found out after the fact that there are studies that show that those chemicals get released every time you pick up your phone and fill that void. Um, that when you don't have it anymore, those chemicals aren't being released and you feel like crap the same way a drug works. So anyway, I know these devices are designed to addict me and I'm far too human to set boundaries where I'm like, I just won't use my phone between four and bedtime when I check out of work and when I'm with the kids. So what I've done is a couple things. On my personal phone, there is literally nothing but text messaging, um, the ability to call and utilize the internet. I don't have any apps for work. My team can't reach me through that phone, nothing. So come the end of the day, that phone can, you know, be put away if I want, or it can be out, but it's not going to distract me because it doesn't have anything on it. My work phone, when I finish for the day, that phone gets shut off and put in a drawer in the office. So I don't have access to it anymore. Uh, The other really powerful thing is for boundaries perspective is I shut off all notifications. So I have to actively set aside time to go into the apps that I use because I use Instagram for my business. I use Voxer. I use Slack. I use all those email, but I have to dedicate the time to go in and check them. They're not telling me to check them. And every time your phone's telling you to check them, it's distracting you from the kids. It's distracting you from the work you're trying to do. Uh, The other big thing for me is boundaries around time. So yes, I do set work hours, but I, I block my time in those work hours and I focus heavily on what it is I'm creating. And I, I make sure I'm in a space to create it, but I also leave a lot of white space because sometimes a kid gets sick or is just having a day and needs more of mom. Uh, I have the white space in my schedule to allow me to show up how I need to for what matters most to me. So I'm not like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. working every minute of the day so that if a kid gets sick, it totally derails me and I have to cancel a bunch of appointments. So I try to really honor it so that I get the things done that I need to get done. But I also you know, have the flexibility because as a parent, you got to be flexible. That's like the name of the game. And the last piece, which is ridiculous, this is how I build in uh, structure because I am so prone to temptation, right? I didn't like that when I shut my phone off because I wanted to be present that my family couldn't reach me if there was an emergency or they needed something. So, but I was too human to keep a cell phone out on the counter with the chance that it's going to ding at me. And just shutting off notifications wasn't enough for me because then I could still, like, if you see it out of the corner of your eye, like, well, I'll just go in and check that one thing. Yeah. So I asked for my birthday a couple of years ago for a house phone (laughs) so that I could give it the number to my family and Michael's family and they could reach us in an emergency, but my cell phone could be totally away. So that's my like big rant around those boundaries. But I do have a policy that there are people in my life that get to break down those barriers when necessary. So my children, my husband, my parents, my siblings, if they need me, I don't say, sorry, guys, these are my boundary hours. But for yes. everybody else, I do. I it, it, They can wait a few hours, but my family shouldn't have to wait. Now, within reason, my three-year-old would come in my office 50 times if there was no structure around it. But if she fell and hurt her knee, it's not like, oh, mommy's getting content done right now. It's like, come on in. You're my first priority. So I try to keep those flexed for the right people in the right reasons. Yeah. So many good tips. I actually was like reflecting back because I feel like the very first meeting you and I ever had, we were talking about white space. I was like, what do you mean white space? Like I literally had like 15 calls a day and you're like, this is not going to work. Like, and you were right. So I think that's a really, really awesome tip. So as we wrap up, we like to get to know our guests a little bit better. And so my first question is what is your current morning routine? 
So my current morning routine, I'm super proud of, and I am really loving. Um, so I've walked through a lot of, you know, payback for overexerting myself for years. So I've had adrenal struggles and that's manifested in some autoimmune stuff. So if I don't put like these health priorities first, I really physically struggle as a mom and in my business. So my morning is pretty much dedicated to this health routine. And I get up before the kids get up so that it doesn't interfere with that window before help comes to support us during the workday. So when I wake up, I start my morning before I even get out of bed with prayer. Uh, That for me just puts me in a, a grateful space. And it just asks, like I'm able to ask to be guided through whatever the day brings and to remind me to stay humble and flexible and to keep my priorities in check. Then the my routine consists of, this is going to be ridiculous <laughs> for some people, I get up and I dry brush. So dry brushing really kind of wakes you up. It feels good. It's really good for exfoliating your skin, but mostly it drains your lymphatic system, which helps just to keep you healthy, to get toxins out of your body. So I do... Um, I do dry brushing and it only takes about five to 10 minutes and it's just, I'm like half asleep as I'm doing it, but it kind of wakes me up. It's like my cup of coffee because I had to give up coffee once I walked through all this adrenal stuff. So I don't have a, um, you know, a drug I can lean on in the morning to wake me up. I have to do the things to naturally wake myself up. Then I go into our sauna. So Michael built a near infrared sauna, which is one of the most powerful detoxifying and healing tools. And I sit in there for 30 minutes and sweat like a hog. But during that time is when I read and I journal. So that way I know that every day I'm kicking off my day with uh, writing and reading, which are two things that I feel like are pivotal in being a leader. You got to learn from other people, but then you need to create your own thoughts at the same time. So that time is dedicated to that. Then I shower because it's necessary. (laughs) And... (laughs) By that point is about getting close to when the kids are getting up. So I make sure that I nourish myself and get everything I need. But then I also set out everything for the kids. And then from the time when they wake up until for like about an hour and a half is kid time. And that's one of those times where there's no phone. I still haven't touched my phone at this point. We don't sleep with the phone by the bed. We have an old school alarm clock. So there are no EMFs or radio waves by our head as we're sleeping and there's no distraction. So I haven't touched my phone at this point and I'm just present with the kids and we play and we do kind of what they want. Sometimes I'll read to them if they're feeling sleepy or whatever it might be. And then I check into my work day. But my first three hours of the day, I've kind of determined are my most energetic after, um, after waking up for a few hours. So when I start work, those first three hours, I still don't touch my phone. Um, I don't even bring it into my office. I don't know what's on it yet. It doesn't matter. And I also do not open up Slack or email or anything on my computer. Those three hours are dedicated to whatever moves the needle most and whatever is most needed from me within the business. So it's usually writing, content creation, podcast development, anything that's in that creative space is in those three hours. And then I allow myself to go into, you know, meetings and the chaos of the day. Yeah. So insightful. Okay. Next question. What is one resource that's helped you the most on your journey so far? Mm, such a good question. Okay. There's a book. I'm all about leadership. Obviously I, I built a company around the concept, but probably like seven years ago, I was introduced to a, a workbook by John Maxwell called the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership workbook. So there's a book, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, there's a workbook. And I decided to do that workbook as kind of almost a, uh, like a, book club with a couple of the people that I was mentoring at the time. And it revolutionized their businesses, my business, but also my mindset around what was really going to take, what it was going to take to get to the levels I wanted. And I started to really understand that leadership was that bridge to all the things I wanted to be. So that workbook was super powerful. And then I was introduced to, um, I have a really strong faith and that's really what guides me in most things. But John Maxwell did something so cool. He took the Bible and around each 
I don't know how the long this took him to do or if he had a team <laughs> of people doing it. But around each passage, he dissected the leadership lesson within that piece of the Bible. So even if you don't have a Christian faith, there was so much leadership wisdom in these stories throughout history that are so relevant today. And it was it was just a really great tool to help me deepen my faith, but also to understand what it could look like to be the leader that I wanted to be in all the things that I take on, motherhood, as a wife, as a daughter, as a leader in business. So that was another tool that was really powerful for me as well. So good. Okay, last question. And this, I know this is going to be a good answer, but what book are you currently reading? Oh, (laughs) okay. So there's a little... (laughs) Two, I'm reading. T- I never read one book at, at a time. I'm always reading multiple books. I have ADHD. If a book's boring, it's gone by the end of the first chapter. And the two books that I'm soaking up right now is uh, one's called The Unhurried Leader that I'm obsessed with. It's so good, so powerful. And I literally, Michael makes fun of me because I'll be reading it in the morning and he'll hear me talking to myself. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. Oh, spot on. I'm like, can't get over. It's like someone got into my head and then wrote a book. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It's it's like Alan Fadling or something like that. But then the other one I'm reading is called Dumbing Us Down. It's a book from, I think, almost 30 years ago. That's all about how the education system is literally designed to keep our kids dumber. And what to be aware of, no matter what type of schooling you choose to homeschool or to have your kids in school, what to be aware of uh, when it comes to the way the system is designed to not breed an entrepreneurial spirit, to not breed creativity in our kids. It's a super fast read and very enlightening, but also a little you know, it definitely wakes you up and shocks you a little bit, but it's also super validating because uh, we are literally in process right now of developing supplemental curriculum for entrepreneurial parents to utilize for themselves and their kids to support them in developing that entrepreneurial spirit and uh, leadership within their children. So it's making me realize how necessary and needed what we're creating is, but it's also a little scary knowing how many kids are in a system that's so broken. Yeah. See, I knew it was going to be a good answer. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Liz, so much. I mean, your story and your journey and what you teach is just so inspirational and has been so amazing to be able to sort of work alongside you through this process. Uh, Why don't you share with everyone where they can find you? And I know you have some super exciting things coming up. Yes. Well, first I have to say, Holly, I love you and I'm so (laughs) proud of you. And I am in awe of you and how much you've been willing to not just the effort you put in. I mean, like you're a machine, but (laughs) I'm trying not to be really, I know, but in a good way, like (laughs) you're, you're prolific in what you create. You don't, you know, you have so much value that you put out, but at the same rate, you're so willing to develop and grow, even though it's uncomfortable or it's maybe not something you've explored. And to me, that that's more so why you're going to be the, you know, off the chart success that you already are, but also becoming because not just because of your ability to create and, you know, put out amazing content and tools, but because of your willingness to up-level yourself in leadership as you do it. So I just wanted to embarrass you and say that because oh, I thank really- you. Yeah. Um, So where people can come find me, the first place I would say is I've put together that um, True North for your listeners and they can snag it at luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash True North. If there's any piece of you that feels like you're lacking that clarity or you could, you want to go to your next level, but you want to make sure it's in alignment with who you really want to be and you want to stop feeling spread thin and stop feeling, you know, the chaos of what it could mean to be building a business and raising a family, just luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash true north. It's for you. It's going to be monumentally powerful for your family. Uh, The other thing is my Luminary Leadership podcast. So every week, our goal is to bring value to the entrepreneur, help them up level in leadership so that they can live out their mission and really um, live the life they're called to live, but without it being at the sacrifice of what matters most. And then once a week, we also drop a Raising Luminaries episode that's geared towards helping you and supporting you and giving you the tools 
to raise leaders of your own, to raise entrepreneurial minded kids of, of your own. So it's the Luminary Leadership Podcast. And I'd love if you subscribed. And then I'm over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. Awesome. Thank you so much, Liz. This was jam-packed per usual. And there's just so much goodness here. So thank you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Crush the Rush podcast. I honestly feel like this podcast is an extension of me and our community. And so I hope you come back and listen for more. If you're feeling inspired and ready to take action, there's actually some really amazing ways that you can stay connected with us. Number one, if you want to see this episode come to life with visuals and bonus behind the scenes, you can head over to our YouTube channel, which is at Holly Marie Haynes. We like to post some bonuses there. So I hope that you're excited to learn more about these topics. And then as always, you can leave a review. Your feedback helps this show grow and reach more amazing listeners just like you. We've made it really, really easy. You can simply go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash podcast and click the review button. You can also find custom playlists and more to just say thank you and offer you another amazing way to give you some support. And then last but not least, if you have questions about today's episode or a topic that you would love to have covered in the future, you can just go to hollymarriehaines.com forward slash chat. And it's me behind the scenes answering all the questions. You can text me, send me a video, leave me a message. It's super cool. And like I said, I hope that this podcast is just an extension of our relationship together. So remember that you are capable of achieving incredible things. Keep up the amazing work and I can't wait to connect with you more. I am so grateful for you and the power of community that this podcast has created. It is just so amazing to be able to connect with all of you over the last couple of years because we've actually had this podcast for almost three full years now. And because of that, I wanted to just get to know you better. So I would love it if you would head over to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat and tell me what you think of this episode. You can text me, voice message me, send me a video, email me and ask me anything. I'm a real human. And yes, it's me on the other end answering the messages. So I would love to know, like, what did you like about this episode? What would you like to hear more about? Did something resonate with you? Or maybe inside this episode, I gave you a keyword to learn more. If I did, you can just pop this keyword into the chat. And this is a way for us to connect and chat more. So just go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat. And I can't wait to hear from you.